Welcome to Eploribus One Podcast. This is your host, Sophia Nelson. Today is Monday, January 27, 2020. If you can believe we are already almost through January, this year might move fast on us. So I uh, always like to do a podcast on Monday that's Monday Motivation. And I can't think of anything more appropriate to talk about today than the sudden and tragic death of former NBA great basketball star Kobe Bryant, his 13-year-old daughter. Uh, The lives of seven other people were also lost on that helicopter. Seven of our fellow Americans, Kobe and his daughter, of course, our fellow Americans. The nation uh, literally paused yesterday. It was Grammy Day, and um, everybody from Uh, The most important athletes, entertainers, uh, media moguls, billionaires, the president of the United States, the former president of the United States, both of them, Clinton and Obama. Uh, I didn't see if President Carter put out a statement, but I'm sure he probably did as well. And so uh, it was a day that stopped all of us and once again reminded us of our humanity. It reminded us of our frailty. It reminded us that life is indeed, as James says in the Bible, a vapor, a one that is here today and gone tomorrow, a mist. Um, And it is, as the scripture says, death is like a fish caught in the snare of a net. Uh, And that is the way death comes. And so my heart is broken uh, for Vanessa Bryant and her remaining three daughters, one of who is only seven months old and will never know her father or her big sister. And it's particularly heartbreaking, I think, for all of us to think about a 13-year-old girl on the way to a basketball game with her dad, her friends, uh, who also lost their parents and their siblings and those husbands at home lost wives and daughters, uh, the pilot. And it's just a tragedy, um, unspeakable tragedy, and, and one that probably could have been avoided had the pilot I don't know if he didn't get the weather warning I don't know what happened but it seems to me unconscionable that they were able to take off that helicopter when there was a warning in effect by the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Office uh, to ground helicopters that day so the the National Safety Transportation Board is involved of course as well as the FBI I read this morning so our prayers go out to them but I want to use this moment, this national moment where we pause and we share our humanity and we become civil again and we become decent again. And I want to echo something that the chaplain of the Senate said this morning in his prayer before the impeachment trial began, uh, which is now day two for the president's team to present. And they just finished up. So I'm taking a break to get this Monday motivation recorded. But The Senate chaplain said something that I wrote in my USA Today article that was out on Saturday morning. If you haven't had a chance to read it yet, please go on my Twitter feed. It's on there, uh, the pinned tweet, so you can read it. Or you can just Google Sophia Nelson USA Today. I'm a columnist, so you can find it pretty easily. But I talked about what's really troubling me about this process. And so to have this moment happen where we see life snatched so cruelly it makes us all reflect there's a great poem if you've never read it called the dash google it some of you are familiar with it i do not remember the woman who wrote it but it's amazing and the dash 
is that line between the time you were born and the time that you die. Sophia A. Nelson, born January 5th, 1967. Now, there's nothing on the other side of that dash yet, but someday there will be. We have a beginning and we have an ending. And that's the fate of us all. It doesn't matter how rich we are, how powerful we are, what wealth we have, or whether we're poor and broke and live in a hut. At the end of the day, we will all leave this earth. We will leave this life. And the question becomes, what will we leave behind? What is our legacy? You know, the older that you get, you appreciate that aging is a gift. And when you see something like what happened to Kobe at 41 and his baby girl at 13 and the other people in the plane uh, were all young people, middle-aged kids in their, you know, tweens, preteens. Um, these are people with Lord willing, you know, health get to live well into their 70s or 80s. People are living well into their 80s and 90s now. My maternal grandmother turned 90 on January 15th, 90, and she's beautiful and she's alert and she's smart and the only thing she can't do anymore is drive, but she can walk around, get around, talk to you, text you, have a margarita with you. We're blessed. Uh, she's in great shape. And I realize that not everybody gets that gift, but the older I get, I recognize the gift of life. And more than that, I think often as someone who is in the public's eye, who has the blessing of being a, a global author, speaker, uh, renowned personality, that one day... Uh, if I've lived my life properly, when it is time for me to go, people will write things about me. There will be an obituary in the New York Times. There will be lines on Twitter or whatever they have at that time that's the new form of communication. Uh, and when I think about that, sometimes I wonder, what will people say? What will my legacy be? I did not have the gift of children as much as I wanted them and God, I wanted them. I still contemplate adopting or other options. Uh, and I pray about that because I love kids so much. My nieces were in all effect my daughters. They were my children. I got to play with them, change their diapers, uh, spend summers with them, spend holidays with them, do things with them. Uh, have them jump around on my bed, bathe them, feed them. I got to do all of that, and then I got to send them home. So uh, I feel like I haven't missed out on too much. But usually your legacy is your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren and what you leave behind you. But there's also something else that made me think about this profound moment that we find ourselves in as a great nation um, in this impeachment trial and the senators, which all have a lot of pressure on them to vote certain ways with their party, with their constituents, with their conscience, against their conscience. Will they be loyal to the president of their party or will they break ranks and do what their conscience demands like a Margaret Chase Smith as she stood up and railed against Senator Joseph McCarthy and his smears calling Americans communist and the declaration of conscience that she penned and and, and Daniel Webster, and if you ever read JFK's Profiles in Courage, you know the senators I'm speaking about. And great men and women throughout the history of this country who served in our nation's highest offices and who did the thing that was right. It wasn't expedient. It wasn't 
in their best interest. It may have cost them their election or their job or their land or their wealth or whatever it was, but they stood up for righteousness and they stood up for what was right. And history rewards people who do what is right. Think of Abraham Lincoln, our greatest president. I don't think anybody argues that. Think of Martin Luther King Jr. Think of Rosa Parks. Think of John Glenn. Think of Neil Armstrong. Think of Jackie Robinson. Think of Sojourner Truth. Think of uh, Speaker of the House uh, Stevens, who uh, was the leader of the radical Republicans, Thaddeus Stevens, and they passed the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendments to the Constitution, freeing the slaves, enfranchising black men with the right to vote. And of course, the Equal Protections Clause of the 14th Amendment. And I could go on and on and on because I love history and I love this country and I love the heroes and sheroes of this great America. Shirley Chisholm being the first black woman to take a seat in Congress and on and on and on. Great men and women from all walks of life. Everett Dirksen, the minority leader who helped to usher in civil rights legislation. The Democrats could not have passed it without the Republicans because the Southern Democrats blocked it. And again... These are amazing men and women that bucked the tide. They went against what was convenient to do what was right. And those are the people that history rewards and and admires. And so in this moment, as I reflect, as we all reflect on life and the preciousness of it and the brevity of it and the tragedy of of it is, you know, as I thought about my 90-year-old grandmother, I thought, man, you know, 90 years, wow. And I've talked to her and I plan to interview her and and, uh, get some wisdom from her for my next book. And, you know, she is gifted. She's blessed. She's still here. She's outlived my grandfather by 20 plus years. And, you know, I think about her and I think everybody doesn't get that. Gigi didn't get that. The people that we read about every day on social media or that show up on the evening news, the tragedies we hear about, fires that happen in homes, domestic violence, accidents on the highway, people slipping and falling in, in, in the tub, you name it, it can happen. Life is a vapor. It is here and then it is gone. And as we think about that, I want to challenge you still at the outset of this new decade, this new year, 2020, it's still January, to really think about your life and to think about what it means and who you are making better and and, and, and who are you pouring into and who do you inspire by your living? What do you give to? What do you stand for? What do you stand up for? Who are you and what will they say when you are gone? And that is something we all should think about. Because unless we're leaving as a young person like little Gigi and even in her youth at 13, that young lady leaves a legacy She inspired her dad, a world-famous basketball player, to come back and not only return to basketball as her coach and her and her little girlfriends, but to support the WNBA and to speak up for girls. He had four daughters, a man, a he-man, a masculine man, a, a man who men would say, man, don't you wish you had a son to carry on your legacy? And his daughter reminded someone, I got this. He doesn't need a son. He's got us. And Thank God for those girls that will be there to comfort their mother in this unspeakable moment of grief for their family. And thank God for Gigi and thank God for Kobe and their relationship and what they modeled for fathers and daughters, particularly in the African-American community where father-daughter relationships can be so broken and so fraught. 
A girl's father is so important in her life. It's everything to who she's going to love, who she's going to marry, how she's going to feel about the men that she dates, that she ultimately commits to. Uh, your father's your first love. He's your first boyfriend. He's the first guy that should take you on a date and teach you how a man should treat you. But not everybody gets that. So profound loss indeed. The Atabelli family who lost a father, mother, and a daughter. Now there are two siblings, a brother and a sister that have no parents and no baby sister. And I could go on and on. The Chesters, the pilot, folks... The stuff that we get spun up about, the stuff that we waste our time on, the stuff that we put ahead of our kids, our marriages, our families, our quality time with them, the work, the obsessing over the devices, it means nothing. Because if you and I leave here tomorrow or later this day, because no day is not just promised, no rest of the day is promised. Kobe and his daughter got up that morning, like any other morning. And I think often of the people on 9-11, I'll never forget that day as long as I live. That was a beautiful September morning in Washington. Beautiful. And people wake up every day and you don't know that it's going to be your last day because that's not what you're thinking about. But it's something that I think we ought to reflect on from time to time. And in this historic moment, I hope that the Republican senators in particular reflect on legacy, reflect on life, reflect on purpose, reflect on what is history going to say about me in this moment? What did I do? Did I do what was common sense and right? Did I do what was fair? Or did I tow to a party line and to tyrannical statements and, and tantrum throwing and bad behavior? That's the question on the table. That's not partisan. That's objective. That's any reasonable, rational person that heard what Ambassador Bolton said over this weekend, Ambassador John Bolton, if you heard what he alleged, he has totally contradicted the president. He has basically called him a liar and said he absolutely told him that the money to Ukraine was tied to the aid and to uh, them investigating the Bidens and Democrats. That's pretty big, folks. And we're going to have to see how this plays out. Um, because in America, no man, no woman is above the law. Not the president, not Oprah, not Obama, not Powell, not anybody you can think of. We are all subject to the laws of this country as it should be. So I just wanted to stop by on this Monday as we end January uh, and remind you of your New Year's resolutions, remind you to do something different if you want something different for your life to understand that all change starts with you. Go back to my First podcast of the year, which is the 10 things that uh, you should keep in mind uh, for this new decade. And it, it's it's a good podcast. And it's a little bit different because we always talk about politics here and America. But Kobe Bryant was an American icon. He was a, a figure. He dominated basketball in his era. Uh, and he went far beyond that in his reach because he was wealthy he had a foundation, and he touched the lives of people all over the world. And what I, I'm going to end with this is, I don't want this to be a long podcast, um, but I'm going to end with just talking about redemption. Because I think when I think of Kobe Bryant's legacy, and I will probably write about this at some point, um, I think of a young man who defied expectations at every level of his life. Just young man comes right out of high school, right to the NBA. He doesn't have to go to college. He's that gifted. Gets an amazing contract. 
beautiful young woman, Vanessa, in his life, and he makes a misstep, a major one. As you all know, there were allegations against him of sexual assault. Uh, it was huge in the public's eye at the time. Um, it was a major event, and uh, it almost ruined him, uh, his marriage, his reputation. Uh, my heart goes out still to the young woman involved uh, because it's hard for women to bring allegations against men who are powerful. This was before there was a Me Too. And uh, yet, yet, when that ended, Kobe Bryant seemed to do what few do in his position. He turned. He really turned. And he got a second chance with his wife. They started a family. Uh, he became a family man, from all accounts, a good husband, a faithful husband. And it changed him. And it made him, I think, more attuned and maybe God's way of making sure that Kobe understood the lesson was to give him four beautiful baby girls because there's something about a man that has daughters uh, that softens him and that opens him up in a way that he probably doesn't open up otherwise. And so um, I think of redemption. I think of a young man that redeemed himself, that turned, that used his second chance for good, that made good on it. And I think if all of us could follow that example, wherever we are in our lives, if we can turn and do something different, which is what I tried to call on all of us to do at the beginning of this year, to turn, to pivot, to change, because all change starts with me, Sophia Nelson. It doesn't start with the people around me who aren't doing what I want, who aren't giving me what I want. It's all about me and what I decide is best for me, what I'm going to tolerate, what I'm going to do, who I'm going to be. So I want to dedicate this podcast to Kobe Bryant and Gigi and the other seven people that died with them in the tragic helicopter flight of yesterday. And my thoughts and prayers are with all those they left behind, particularly Vanessa and her girls, because she'll be in the media spotlight. They won't give her a break. They'll hound her. They'll call. They'll stalk the house. They'll stalk the kids. They have no boundaries. And that's got to be hard. It's hard to grieve, but it's really hard to grieve when we are in public. And so I'm thinking about all of us today, America, Americans, we're divided bitterly. We're angry. We're yelling at each other. We are all upset over this impeachment. 50% of the country believes the president, 50% doesn't. 51% wants him removed, the other 49% doesn't. That's a tough place to be for the senators. It's tough. It's a tough place to be for all of us. And uh, my hope, for the president would be that he would really stop it and mature and stop with the terrible conduct on social media and start acting presidential. Donald Trump is his own worst enemy. Uh, even those who support him have to agree with that and have to see that he hurts himself every time he opens his mouth and every time he sends a tweet. And he needs to learn to temper that and he needs to learn that he is the president of the United States and until someone says otherwise, he needs to conduct himself accordingly. Because there is a code. There's a code to being an American. There's a code to how we act when we're abroad, how we talk to our allies, how we engage with them, how we show our strength, how we handle our adversaries and our enemies. It's what makes us unique in all the world. So I just wanted to stop by on this Motivation Monday, this January 27th, 2020, and, and just remind you that we're frail, that we will all perish the question is, what will we leave behind? 
What is our legacy? We courageous or we cowards? Are we kind or we cruel? Are we loving or are we hateful? Are we forgiving or are we judgmental? Do we condemn? Are we bitter with recriminations? Or do we show grace and long suffering and humility? Because after all, we all need it. I, um, I don't know where we're headed, but I know that we've seen tough times in this country and we always find a way to pull through. And when I was on Twitter yesterday and all of you and the news broke about Kobe and his daughter, I saw the best of people come out. Democrats, Republicans, liberals, conservatives, black, white, yellow, red. I saw the best of us come out. Kindness, humanity, prayer, decency. And within hours, it was gone as the politics of the day took over. But I saw us come together for a brief moment, the Grammys and otherwise, as humanity, as human beings. And I just hope that we can do more to stay there. I hope that you and me and everybody listening will do better that we will take the time, we'll put our families first, we'll put the devices and gadgets down, and we will live, and we will love, and we will laugh. And um, that's my word for you today. I hope you take it for what it's worth. Share it. Thank you for your listening and for your support. Great podcast with the Lincoln Project's Reed Galen, uh, one of our top uh, listen to podcast uh, in the uh, year plus that we've been online. And uh, we're excited about that and uh, looking forward to many more great interviews. I've got some good ones coming up from some folks over the pond. We're going to talk about Harry and Megan. We're going to talk about uh, how Europeans see us and what's going on here in America. Uh, we have Black History Month coming up in February. So I'm definitely going to have some amazing guests for Black History Month. And I just look forward to the rest of this year. Thank you. God bless you and keep you. God bless the United States of America.